Hi guys, this is Jake Parker. Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond Fit podcast, where it's my job to help you apply knowledge that is both scientific and practical into your own life to maximize your physique development and your overall body, as well as your mind. The combination of these two things is what makes you Beyond Fit. Hi guys, this is Jake Parker and Austin Bagshop. I usually say welcome to the Beyond Fit podcast, but today it's welcome to the Beyond Fit podcast. And remind me the name of your podcast. Views from the sidelines podcast. Okay, okay, that's that's what I was yes. going to say. So, um, <laughs> so we've been talking for about ten minutes off the mic and figured we would start to steer our conversation into the podcast. And so what we were just talking about, and I think ties in very well with uh, the topic I brought up to Austin. I usually will bring up a topic. Uh, for a guest or someone I'm going to have a podcast with just to generally guide us, you know, things will kind of go anywhere. But I said that a good topic would be just how to get results for yourself and clients and how consistency, adherence, habits, and your struggles play into that. And I think that something we both have experienced based on the conversation that we were just having was how much fitness can change your confidence level and just your mental health. I was talking to a client just, I believe yesterday or the day before, and he was saying how, like, wow, he's, he's really surprised and, and happy with the physical changes he's making and, and gaining strength and changing his body composition. But he's like, I didn't realize how much of an impact on my mental health this would have. And it's just interesting, I think, how I think that we would both agree the biggest part of your health and fitness journey and getting stronger, you know, whatever it is that you're devoting yourself to, it changes your mind in so many ways. And so I guess I'd be curious for us both to kind of share notes on how the whole health and fitness process has changed our mindsets. You mentioned kind of having imposter syndrome at different points. I'm feeling like in the past you were lacking confidence and kind of making excuses for yourself as to why you didn't take on uh, these like health and fitness challenges and getting stronger. So I would be curious as to what that looks like to you and to kind of reflect on, on my story as well. Sure. Uh, first off, Jake, super excited to be here. This is a lot of, I'm, I'm pumped about this conversation first. And, and I didn't say this before, but I have to now, now that we're on air, mm. you, whenever you said you're from, or that you live in Nebraska, you kind of give off a Clark Kent vibe, not going to lie, okay. <laughs> which is a compliment. Uh, yeah, I like that. There's, there's <laughs> people to be compared to. Yeah. So um, I, I was I thinking of the, Stiller a lot. So that's a nice change yeah, of pace. I was, I was, I, I was thinking of the, uh, the, the show Smallville. So the guy, oh, that, that, that actor, I forget his name, but um, I never yeah. seen <laughs> Yeah. You're you're gonna have to look it up because like the first season of that, that's what you kind of look like. It was just a face. I must have a face that just like tells people or like there's something about my face that people always are like, you look like this guy, you look like this guy. I had some guy tell me like a week ago that I looked like uh I never watched Boy Meets World, but like one of the guys okay. off that show. And like I said, I get Ben Stiller all the time, especially like when my hair is kind of longer and grown out. Uh, okay, that makes yeah, I can definitely see that too as well. <laughs> okay, cool. But yeah, man, super excited to be here. Um and yeah, what you're talking about was just the idea of imposter syndrome, the idea of our kind of health and fitness journey and how it changed way more than just our physical health, but our mental health as well. Um, and the first time I ever really like th this like idea clicked was I was at a Tony Robbins event in Miami in November, 2019. It's the, it's called Unleash the Power Thin. And I mean, I've heard of Tony Robbins growing up, but never like I never read a book. Like I didn't read, I didn't do any podcasts or listen to them. Like I didn't do that stuff. I wasn't into self-improvement. I lived in a small town and everybody knew each other. So like, 
looking back, it's like, I didn't have a pack that was all trying to grow. Mm-hmm. And because it was just this, it was a small town mentality. So nothing what against small it. Town just, you Like how big was your town? Ah, oh, man, like city limits is six to 8,000, but like 30,000 in total of like, mm-hmm. and like, like the County, I guess would you would say. So it's, it's, yeah. it, it was small. Yeah, it was, it's an, off air. Like I call my hometown Hastings, a small town, but it's like 25,000 people. So you have a decent yeah. amount of, of things to do and people and stuff like that. But I, I yeah, we don't a small town mentality. Yeah, we definitely had Walmart parking mm-hmm. lot. We had uh, just, I mean, if people had land, then we hung out there. It, mm-hmm. it wasn't much, man. We like we had bowling alley, movie theater, pretty much. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, dude, growing up there, it was just, it was just different. And like I was saying, Tony Robbins, uh, he he started like it clicked with me so hard that his that he stated that the that your physical health is the foundation of your reality and it's the basis. And I never really understood that until he said it. Because like I always said, like oh, like if you work out, you're gonna feel better, all this stuff. But I never really like put it together that literally, if so many people come to you, or you, or me, or just anybody who's struggling mentally, and they say, yeah, I'm just, I'm just not good right now, man. Like once I get a little less anxious, once I feel a little bit better, then I'm gonna start mm-hmm. something up. And it, once he, once Tony talked about this, it made me, it made me realize, like it's literally the opposite of that. You have to get good with yourself. If you're not good with yourself, you're, you're gonna have, then you're gonna have anxious thoughts. You're going to be thinking, you're going to create this reality that other people think you're a certain way, that you're, that you sound stupid. Um, if you, if you're not good with yourself, you're going to be thinking about what happened in the past, which is going to cause, which your brain doesn't know is in the past. So you, it literally puts that constant state of stress of depressed thoughts in your head, like it's happening now. So it's, it's this big thing to where I believe movement is everything. Move like moving your body, understanding your physical health, getting good with yourself, loving who you are in the mirror is so fucking powerful. And that's, dude, I've, as soon as I heard that it clicked and I've never looked back. I'm like, wow, that makes so much sense. Because now when you, when I get to work with people, I get to see they're mentally, like I ask, how's your confidence levels? I ask what you're looking at through the mirror. Like, what do you see in yourself? And they're like, oh my gosh, like I see so many, so much changes. And, and I know Atomic Habits talks about that. Um, it, and I know we're going to dive into that book a lot, this, this uh, episode, but it, it talks about motivation. It talks about um, how motivation is shit. And I love that too, because in, in reality, we have awareness. Once you're aware that you can change, you take action, then mm-hmm. you get results. Then you get a belief that you can change. Once you get the results, you're like, holy shit, I can do this. Then you get more aware that you can change again. Then you can, mm-hmm. then you take more action. And a lot of people get that second step is motivation. They think it's motivation. That's going to get them results when in reality it's just action. It's doing mm-hmm. it. It's doing the, it's doing the workouts. It's doing, getting the steps in. It's eating probably more food, not less. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot of stuff like that, man. But yeah, uh, looking back at my childhood, like growing up with some speech issues, I was always made fun of for that. I was always made fun of for being like shorter. So I never really like stood out. I, I was always afraid to like stand out with myself, with my voice. I was really quiet. And, uh, and I put my identity behind my sport. I played co- uh, co- competitive golf for 12 years, played in college for four years at the, at the division one level. And like, I, it, it took me getting out of my small town to realize how bad I am with myself. Like, holy shit. I don't know anybody here. I, I anxious thoughts started diving up. I didn't talk to many people in class. I just went back to my dorm and played video games because that was my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And I never really got out of my, out of my comfort zone until I started going to the gym. And so I started lifting with my teammates. And so I started doing this stuff that was like, holy shit, I'm getting stronger. I, I, I always told myself, I'm never going to have big arms. I don't know why. I just never thought I would. So did um, you like and, to lift in high school and stuff? 
No, dude. And come to find out, actually, I, I, I had this. So I had heart surgery my, my senior year of high school because um, I got found out in basketball that I had SVT, which is um, it's called super, super ventricular tachycardia. And what that is, is it's an extra pathway from the top of bottom, from the top of your heart to the bottom of your heart. So we have one pathway that sends electrical signals. So when your heart beats, boom, boom, that's an electrical pathway. I had a two, so it would get into a state of loop when I exerted myself to an, to a extent. So I, and I could have had this honestly for like six, seven years. I just didn't really realize it because when I would exercise or get to a certain point and lift, lift a lot of weight, I would get this like rapid heart rate. And I'm like, fuck, man, this sucks. <laughs> like, why, why do I want this? Like, why would I, anybody want to do this? This is horrible. So I kind of just thought that that's what, that's what working out was. And I'm like, y'all are crazy for that. That sucks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so come to find out, I had that when I was like 16 and got um, a heart surgery when, uh, my senior year. And that's what kind of like led to me to saying, oh, well, I, I can actually go to the gym and do, do stuff and like not feel like I'm dying. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so once I was able to do that, that's when I started to actually like push myself a bit more. I was like, wow, like this is kind of fun. Actually, I'm seeing changes. Um, I'm doing cooler stuff. Like, let's see, let, let, I'm going to let this ride out and like continuously learn and just see where this takes me. And that's, it's taken me to here on a podcast with you. So I think nice. it's doing pretty well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think uh, one of the cool things I think about that book, Atomic Habits, like definitely one of my three or four favorite books I read over the last, oh, yeah. uh, over the last year is just the fact that he talks about identifying yourself with your habits and mm -hmm. how that is a catalyst to just doing the things that, you know, making the habits that you want out of your life, just automatic. Like I tell people all the time, you know, when they ask about my, my eating habits and my working out habits, it's literally like, and, and this is no bullshit. It's like, to me, I've done that stuff for so long. It's very similar to just showering and brushing my teeth. You know, like there's so many things I would cut out before I would cut out going to the gym. There's, oh, yeah. there's, there's, there's very, and, and it's just like you, you kind of forget, I think that so many people find that there's high barrier to entries to eating healthy and to getting to the gym, because I mean, just to make it more like pragmatic, the two biggest reasons that I'm consistent with my workouts and nutrition is because every weekend I take one day to prep my meals. And that's basically, I have meals for the whole week. And then I'll usually cook like the same breakfast every day. So mm. it's, it's funny because like a couple of years ago, when I started posting on Instagram, I was very much influenced by like the, if it fits your macros and flexible dieting. And I still think that's a very useful tool and it's very helpful to people, but I much more lean now towards just like figuring out the meals that work for you and really just capitalizing on what you like and what you can cook well. And just like, there's so many more considerations than like having to do like, to me, it was eventually to the point where I was just doing the, the puzzle of macros every day. And it was started to get just like, it was just like a lot to, to think about. Um, but I guess that's not necessarily where I was going with that. But so with the, with the workouts, I'll just schedule them into my calendar. And so it's just like an appointment like this, like this podcast, I'm not going to skip something that I put in my calendar and then I'm intentional about. So doing those things just makes it so it's just automatic because I see myself as someone, my identity is someone who works out. My identity is someone who eats healthy. Same thing with reading. Like for the past year and a half to two years, I've generally uh, been able to read like two books a month. And it's just because I consider myself a reader. I tell people I love to read. I buy books and I just, I identify as a reader. And so I'm never going to, 
I mean, as far as I can see in the future, I'm never going to not be a reader and never not be learning more because I just have identified that as the type of person I am. And so it's, it's like, again, about the back to that action versus motivation. You don't have to be motivated if you put in, I don't know that hard barriers is the right word because that sounds like uh, a burden and it's not a burden. But to me, like I, I, I talk about the discipline equals freedom uh, concept all the time. If you are strict with yourself as far as routine, and doing the little things day after day, it, it makes it almost simple, not easy, but simple to just be in the 1% of healthy people because most people are, they, you know, what's the average person in America probably say, I wanna eat healthier, I wanna work out more. You have to eliminate that want and just make it something that you do on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes, dude, dude, well said. Thing that popped up to me was the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. That's what people need to find. It's not, hey man, I I'm, I just joined a gym, but it's 20 minutes away, but it's fine. I'll just wake up 30 minutes earlier and, and go to the gym. And that's 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 not creating a path of least resistance. It's finding what works for you and and stacking the habit on top of that, right? So it's it's so for instance, like you 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 mentioned how habitual you are with your mm -hmm. eating, like, and that's something that I don't even realize that I do, but like I make conscious decisions about my meal based off how much I've had throughout the day. Right. So it's like, if, if, if my macros are higher in carbs, high protein, low fat, and I know I, I, I just pick out like things that are lower fat, higher protein, high carbs and every mm -hmm. meal. So it's not really like, I don't really track this all that often. I used to, but I feel mm -hmm. like everybody has to for a while to get the understanding, but yeah, dude, it's just, people ask me like, dude, what, what do you eat for breakfast? He's like, I mean, I eat eggs, I eat oatmeal, I eat waffles, I eat pancakes. I eat, mm -hmm. I eat a lot of stuff, but I just make better decisions. <laughs> like I get the higher protein. I put protein powder in my pancakes. I put mm -hmm. protein powder in my waffles. I do that in my oatmeal. Um, I, I constantly just make these decisions. And like you said, it's not like I'm thinking about it because that's just who I am. Mm -hmm. I identify as someone who makes sure they make sure they get, get to a certain amount of protein a day. And that's mm -hmm. just something that I have been doing for two years. And yeah. Eric Helms <laughs> on my podcast talked about unconscious competence. He says like you go from a point of unconscious incompetence where you don't know that you're basically that you're fucking up for lack of a better term and then yeah. you move to conscious incompetence where you know that you're not where you want to be at and then eventually when you practice these things for long enough you reach the point that you and I are at where it's where it's unconscious competence you know you're not necessarily articulating that I need to get higher protein at the end of the day because I've been low but it's just something that you've done for so long you just you make that decision instinctively yes and dude it's well said and dude, it's the same thing with like working out. Like, so I train calisthenics right 80% of the time. I do some weight training, but very, it, I haven't in a while. Mm -hmm. um, especially with COVID. I, I like, I have an apartment gym that I have some weights at, and then I have a, a gym at, at the golf course I'm, I'm a member of. So I don't really have a gym that I pay monthly to go to. Um, so, I mean, I, but I also, over the last three years, I've, uh, I've gotten parallel bars. I've gotten dip, dip bars from my home, a nice pull-up bar at my house. Like, I have these things, so I always see them. They're in my environment. Like my parallel bars are right here. That I, if I can get up off this chair, I can go do 20 dips right now. So it's like I create. I slowly implemented to a way to make my environment super easy for me to work out. So that that path to least to least resistance. I don't have to go to a gym. I can work out at home. And I'm not saying working out for at home is for everybody. Some people would respond better to weight training, especially a more obese level of, of uh, people but for me man like i mean i i'm sure you uh, preach this too and you already said this earlier but if you're not happy with what you're doing like if if you're not actually enjoying this process 
you're never going to actually stick to it. Like mm-hmm. you have to actually create an amazing reward system around it. Whether that's, if you're a beginner, don't put yourself through an hour and a half workout four days a week. Like just go for 30, 30, 40 minutes, do something that you actually enjoy doing that gets your heart rate up. That makes you feel a little bit of a muscle pump and then leave. Because if you try to kill yourself over and over and over again, dude, nothing by itself is, is healthy and nothing by itself is unhealthy. It's, it's our habits and our behaviors around them. So you, if you work out that, yeah, that is healthy. But what if you work out every day for a year straight? That's, that, that, that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. You're not actually, you, you're, you're, you're taking a healthy thing and making it a unhealthy obsession, mm-hmm. which that's the unhealthy part of it. So, ah, man, yeah, I, 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 I can go on 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 and on about that stuff, but uh, I think I think the hardest two things for people, and I know for myself too, is just number one, prioritization, and number yeah. two, knowing yourself. So when I say Ooh, yeah. know yourself, I talked about my morning routine on a couple of the last podcasts that I did. Mm-hmm. Every Monday, I do a podcast called Mindset Monday, and it's just kind of like a tip or a trick that I use, um, like my thought process as far as staying fit and healthy and happy. And so, like a lot of people will exercise first thing in the day, especially, you know, the example of like someone who has a couple of kids and a lot of obligations there and a nine to five job or something like that. Cause if they don't do it first thing in the day, they're just not going to do it. Whereas for me, it's easy to schedule a workout around noon in the late afternoon if I want to, cause I love working out so much. And it's such, it's such an instinctual thing to me that I know I'm going to do it. Whereas yep. in the morning I take time to, you know, in a perfect morning, I'll take time to journal and meditate and read because those are things that I like doing and I enjoy the benefit of. But if I wait and say, Oh, I'll make an hour for that in the, in the afternoon or in the late morning, I'm just not going to do it because I'm going to get caught up with other things. And so that's just like, I know myself well enough that I understand what I have to prioritize as far as healthy habits and what sort of healthy habits are more instinctual. And I don't have to be uh, like as, as strictly um, like done straight away. For sure. No, dude. And like knowing yourself is huge. Like awareness precedes change. I'm a big, big believer of that. I think uh, Cody, Cody McBroom was the first person to ever tell me that. I'm like, I like that a lot. That is an amazing saying because it is true, man. Awareness precedes change. If you're not aware that you're overweight, you're not going to try to change yourself. If you're not aware that you're unhappy, you're not going to realize it. Like, like there's, and you're not going to do anything to make yourself happier. Um, it's, it's, it's powerful stuff. And when knowing yourself means like, what do you actually think? It took me a while to actually get that man. Like to, cause I was a, I was an Instagram too for the longest time. And like in my roots, I am, I've actually transitioned to an eight in the past, like six months, which is really cool to see. What but, you, um, you said you're a what for the longest time? Um, Instagram. Have you ever looked into that? Oh yeah. 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 I'm, I, I love personality tested. I think it's, it, it brings awareness to like, Oh yeah, that, that is me. There's other people like that. Oh, yeah. cool. Yeah. I, I know <laughs> the least about the Enneagram, but I, I'm more well-versed in like the Myers-Briggs and the Clifton. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well anyway, dude, like, so I'm an Enneagram too, which means I give a lot, um, a very, very good giver. So when it comes to just asking myself, do I want to do something? It's like, shit, am I saying yes? Because I know like, I'm worried that they're going to be mad at me if I say no. Like, so I, for the longest time, even in college, like looking back on it, I said yes to a lot of people that I really wish I didn't. But at the time I was just more worried about their acceptance. I was more worried about giving my time and energy to them when in reality, I was not filling up my cup at all. And that's dude. I, so I have a client right now and she was telling me about how like, holy crap, I had for the longest time, I was just taking care of my kids. I was taking care of my husband. Like I was just constantly cooking every meal for them. 
And it, and I was wondering why I was hating myself so much. Like it was just not, I was not happy. I was not pumped about, I, she said, I would wake up and stare at my phone for two hours in bed. And she's like, and, and, and I didn't realize until I started working with you, getting more active, eating more food that, holy crap, I have not focused on myself at all. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens, man. We get into like so many people get into this rut where they're just like, give, 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 or work, work, work. And they're like, shit. What, when was the last time I went on a walk by myself without any music, without anybody, and actually asked myself, what am I thinking right now? What are my thoughts? What are my opinions on the subject? Not what is Dave's? What is Karen's? What is your girlfriend's? What is your dad's? Mm-hmm. Like we, we get, especially 2020, man, we got so consumed with online media that pe- people could be in Reddit for days. People could be just staring at their phones, watching this, this one opinion and getting attached to it. When in mm-hmm. reality, it's like, we do your own education. Ask yeah. yourself. It's like the social dilemma. Did you watch that? Yes, bro. I wanted to throw my phone after I watched that. Mm-hmm. That was crazy. I mean, when you have big execs that are in Facebook, Twitter, all this stuff, telling them, telling everybody that, yeah, I don't let my phone, my kids use smartphones or I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, but, but that's, but, but, but they're like, you know what? But like, I, I mean, I, I still do. Cause I mean, I, it's going to be impossible for me to stop. Mm-hmm. I, I really like, like that because like, I've thought a lot about this kind of stuff because I've read all of, you know, you've all know Harari who wrote the book Sapiens. No. So probably like my favorite book. I talk about it all the time on the podcast, but okay. he, he wrote the book Sapiens, which is essentially about how humans came to be where they're at now, as far as um, just like the, the, the culture and the different, just, it's, it's literally just like the he, he looks at people from like a scientific perspective, like we were another animal and just like how we came to be where we're at now. But what he does in his other books is more talk about how people have, you know, so there's one called Homo Deus, which is the history of, or I think it's called like the history of tomorrow. So it's about the future. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's another one called 21 lessons for the 21st century. And he talks a lot about technology and about, you know, the social media uh, networks and stuff like that. And my biggest takeaway has been that it's an interesting, it's an interesting, I don't know that it's a paradox, like that's the word I want to say, but like people like to look at the social media companies like they're nefarious and they want bad things. And that's not true. They, they are publicly held companies. And so their goal is to make money. And the way that they do that is they keep people on for longer. And what keeps people on for longer is getting frustrated, getting angry, getting upset, seeing things they disagree with. So it's just like, it's kind of like uh like Coca-Cola or McDonald's, they're just, they're not necessarily making people unhealthy. They're not forcing them to eat and drink these unhealthy things, but they're just giving people what they want. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram are giving people what they want too. But the, the raw data, when you just look at it objectively and without, you know, it's, it's not like someone saying here, give them these bad things. This will, this will, this will be perfect. It's just like, what do they want? What keeps them on longer? Like, have you ever heard the example of the YouTube algorithm So like, basically the algorithm is such that it gets more and more, um, just like radical. So for example, you might watch something about, um, like maybe you watch a news clip on like, uh, a shooting or something. And then maybe an hour later, you'll end up on like why Sandy Hook was a conspiracy, or you'll watch like something about the universe or about space travel. And maybe an hour later, the algorithm is going to put you on like why we didn't go to the moon. So it's just like the more shocking something is, the more it keeps you on there. I just think it's important to note that this is what we want as people because we're drawn towards kind of like how, you know, people can't help but look away from a car crash. We, we want 
these things inherently. And so you have to train your brain and again, know yourself and know where your pitfalls are and try to, again, like you've talked about optimizing your environment, like James Clear talks about, try to do things to get unattached from your phone. Again, like going on walks, being by yourself, because I just am very passionate about the fact that life is not going to set you up for a, a righteous and moral and happy and healthy life. You, you have to be intentional. And again, like I said, do these small things on a daily basis and you're going to be, you're going to be really well off, but it takes intention. Dude, law of attraction. Like that's mm-hmm. the first thing that, that, that came to mind. And a lot of people get that mistake and they're like, so if I just think about something really hard, like it's just going to show up. Like I just like, if I say I'm going to get really, really a lot of money I'm like, no, that's not how the law of attraction works. The law of attraction is training your RAS system to focus and listen to the things that you care about. Like, and like, I, I actually just had this epiphany the other day. Cause like, obviously the law of attraction is kind of woohoo. And, and I've, and I've gone through like a spiritual journey this last like six months, diving down rabbit holes that I've never thought I would, but um, it's, it's, it's crazy how, and it's presenting itself a lot more in the last two months. So I'm just like, I'm kind of like sitting sit in, in the background with popcorn, like, wait a minute, <laughs> is this real? <laughs> but to, to the listeners, law of attraction i'm sure you've heard it it's what you think about the most it's 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 like karma like if you if you put out negative energy you're going to get negative energy back mm-hmm. if you put out good energy and and to the universe the the universe will reward you with that positive energy so what it means is if you think about say and, and the best way i i explain this to people is like say you want to buy a tesla and you're like researching Teslas. Your only focus is Teslas. And you create this amazing Tesla like Model X with wing doors. Every, it, it's, in, it's always on your, your, your desktop. You have a picture of a Tesla. Mm-hmm. And what happens, like when you start doing this over months and months, what, what happens when you're driving? You see so many fucking Teslas. Mm-hmm. They're everywhere. Um, same thing goes with clothes say you, or shoes. Say you get like a new pair of shoes and now you, you notice everybody who has those shoes. That's because you're training your like what you focus on the most is what your brain will train you to look at. Mm -hmm. So if you're someone who looks at car crashes all the time and you love like crazy shit, you're you're gonna notice a police siren as fast as like before anybody else does. Um, and it's it's crazy, man. It's true. Like same thing with 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 the hunters. Like my dad is a hunts all the time, and he he can spot deer way better than I can. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how the fuck did like I know he can see a little bit better than me, but like how did you see that? That was like 300 yards that way and barely in grass. And he's like, I don't know. I just saw it because he trained his brain to find these things. Like mm-hmm. his brain is aware. Like, and, and that's what a law of attraction is. It's if you're, if you're wanting to get into real estate, you hear more conversations about real estate. Mm-hmm. So it's training your brain and putting your time and energy into what's going on. It's like creating your own algorithm. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's, it's your own algorithm. So your, your aria system, which is your reticular activating system, that's your filter. So for instance, if you're driving, you say, hey, I want to look at everything that's red, only red things. Everything that's red is going to pop out more because you told your brain that it's important because your brain is processing trillions of things at once. So it's like when we're talking right now, I have I have a plan here. I have bookshelves here. Like I have all this stuff, but my brain is not worried about it. It's focused on this conversation, mm-hmm. which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. Do, do you have any like thoughts on that? Yeah, my I, I think that like when I think about my life and the things I try to apply to clients is like, I very much have, have talked about and thought a lot about, I try to blend the law of attraction 
with that focus on action over motivation. So if you act, if you're, if you're acting on the things that you want after you've thought about and been intentional about it, then I Mm -hmm. think that that's the perfect recipe for success. So like example, you know, people, so a, a popular law of attraction tactic is like, think more money into your life. You know, think about having money, think about having a big house and blah, blah, blah. And obviously I think any rational person would say, well, you can't just think more money into existence or just think yourself into getting money. But what you can do is think about, I want to make more money. I want to make more money. I want to make more money. And then you might, yeah. And then, and then at work, if someone mentions, you know, a new job opening or someone mentions, uh, you know, someone mentions having a side hustle and you think about how, oh, I could make a side hustle. I could get this promotion. I could mm-hmm. sell things on eBay. I could, you think about ways to make money. And so it's the combination of, you can't just sit back and think about things, but you can be intentional about, okay, how am I going to get this thing that I want? And so Dude, I think yeah. like for me, I, when, whenever I, whenever I journal, I try to journal every day. It usually winds up being like five or six days a week, but I have a list of affirmations every new year I make one. And so it's things that I'm focused on. So like a few might just be like strength goals in the gym. Uh, and then some are maybe more focused around like getting a certain amount of listeners on my podcast, getting a certain amount of clients, um, other stuff like that. And then a couple of them, I actually, I did a, po- I did a podcast about this too, about how I set goals, but I, I always allow myself one or two that's less tangible. So like oh, this yeah. year I've been trying to focus on like, I want to be a better listener and be more curious versus just trying to assert myself or judge. And I think you have to, I think it's nice to balance out like some of those focuses with like, I just have a goal to, I want to deadlift uh, 415 raw this year. And so it's like a very strict, tangible, this is something I want to do physically. And because I'm thinking about this things every, these things every day, I'm less likely to think about, you know, the metaphorical car crashes in life. And I'm, more, I'm less likely to get sucked into negativity. And I think that the other important thing that I've thought about a couple of times throughout the course of this conversation is like, have you heard about, you know, I have heard Naval call it the five chimps theory, where you are, you're most similar to the five people you surround yourself with. There's a okay, quote by yeah. Jim Rohn that he says something okay. really similar. Yep. And so, you know, if you're around a bunch of people that are always negative and gossiping and talking shit and talking about how life sucks, then you're going to think that way too. But I think the reason that people that are successful become that way, like one of the people I look up to the most is Arnold Schwarzenegger and his whole life, you know, he's focused around being around positive people. You know, I, I, his, his biography is, is another one of my favorite books. And he talks about when he wanted to be the best bodybuilder, what do he do? He moved to LA and worked at a gold gym with the best bodybuilders in the world. What did he do when he wanted to be an actor? He made connections with actors and he went to acting classes. And, and then when he wanted to be governor of California, he used his political connections through, act, I mean, not so much through acting and bodybuilding. Like it was, it was convenient that he was married to a Kennedy, but he, he was able to go and seek people out that were doing what he wanted to do. And this is something I struggle with the most where I, I think that one of the goals for me in the short term would be to kind of up my, the quality of my my, my five, my five chimps, so to speak, as Naval says it, because I've noticed sometimes, and this is going to sound, um, kind of, uh, like bragging, I guess, but you know, you always hear that if you're the smartest person in the room, you need to find a new room. And sometimes I'll be having conversations and I'll kind of find myself, uh, being like, geez, I don't want to talk about this. I want to talk about something more interesting. I'm not thinking about the kind of bullshit that the people around me are talking about. And so I'd like to be more intentional about finding, I want to be the dumbest person in the room as opposed to the smartest so that I have to upgrade to have, you know, the conversations that I want to have. Dude, 
dude, I, I feel that hard. And whenever I said like a spiritual journey, that's kind of what I'm, what I'm talking about. And it's not being selfish. Like mm-hmm. never tell yourself you're being selfish for that. It's you're being selfless because you're, you're also believing that like, if you're, if someone's being selfless, it's saying, Hey, if I get into this conversation, that's not who I am. And I don't identify as someone who talks about politics. Mm-hmm. I don't identify as someone who gives a shit about what happened a month ago with freaking Joe Biden. I don't care about all that stuff. Like, so when people talk about that, I just kind of don't talk. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just listen. And, and, but it's like a really, like, I'm not really listening to this. I'm just kind of like nodding my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, like, dude, for, for example, a big thing that I like catch myself doing is, so obviously when someone asks you, Hey, what do you do for a living? It's not your, um, I'm, I'm an insurance agent. It's not your, I'm a CPA. It's not something that like, it's not like something that you can just say in one like line. It, it takes me a while to explain what I do. So when I'm meet, meeting new people, I'm networking and like, and I, I'm pretty good at picking up on like, gen, like people who are genuine, like actually wanting to know, like actually asking or they're just like trying to bullshit. So I'm, I'm pretty much, if someone asks me, Hey man, like, so what do you do for a living? I'm like, I have to ask myself, do I want to talk to this person? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I have to actually have this conversation in my head, like a devil angel, like, Hey, do you actually want to talk to this person or not? And if it's a yes, then I go into it. It takes about five, 10 minutes. Um, but if it's a no, then I just say, yeah, dude, I'm a, a personal trainer. And like, oh, cool, cool. Done. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that, then it's like, okay, I know what you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, dude, like that, that is a big thing. I mean, I've, I've caught myself being in, uh, surrounded by family and they're talking about stuff. I'm like, I don't want to talk about this. Um, I've friends, old friends that they're just like bitching about things. I'm like, why, why are we bitching about something when we have zero control over this? sporting dude sport radical sports fans i've i used to be a big big i watch sports all the time mm-hmm. actually so a big part of this was me getting off twitter i got off twitter and that allowed me to not care about sports because i stopped seeing the highlights i stopped seeing the mm-hmm. the, the uh the freaking injuries i stopped seeing all this stuff and i'm like now i don't think about it so when people yeah. get all pissed off oh, i can't believe kentucky lost i can't believe all these people I'm like i didn't even know they played yeah <laughs> I mean, I could go, I feel like I could go into my own tangent and I sometimes do on the podcast, sometimes off the podcast, but just like, kind of like I said, like the deferred life as that's how Tim Ferriss refers to it in the four hour work week. It's just, it just does not set people up for success. Like what, like when you look at, especially guys, like what are the most common things that guys bond over or, or have a lot of interest in it's like sports and drinking and i don't think there's anything inherently wrong with those things but it's just like it's just such a a almost like waste of your time to just spend such an inordinate amount of your free time oh let's go drink and watch sports it's like i I, i'm the same way like i was such a huge sports fan in college and now i i pay attention to the nba because i'm a really big nba fan but as far as like just watching sports in general and just being tied into like the 24 7 sports center feed i've really cut a lot of that out and i think you just realize like damn sports are going to be around our whole lives you know they've been they're going to be dramatic and entertaining and that's the way they've been for 100 years before this and they're going to be 100 years after and it's just i think a lot of times sadly it's just a way for people to not have to think about their lives because their lives are unfulfilling the same thing with alcohol and you have a couple drinks and you stop thinking so hard about things and you're easier on yourself and it's easier to just accept you know the I don't want to say like the shitty life but just like the well I have this job I don't really like it I have this girlfriend I don't really like but it's fine let's go have a couple drinks and watch sports and it's it's sad how we are it's almost kind of like uh like a brave new world, 1984, like dystopian sort of, sort of like, you're just, you're so distracted that you don't get to think deeply about the things that are really important. Dude. Well said. 
It's and it's also it's 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 getting out of the present moment. That's literally all we're doing. When we're in sports, we're we're thinking about when we played the sports. Like it really and humans are selfish as fuck, dude. Like mm-hmm. when 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 a human read like when say you or I read a story, we we automatically re- think about how this benefits us. Like why am I reading this? And and what what do we take away from this story? And we usually relate it to our past experiences someone in our life that 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 should read this because it relates to them we get like on this like in this tangent of it's never like oh i love that that was so genuine like it's never really like that it's like wow if you got something from it then it was good if you didn't then it wasn't yeah and that's just how humans are and that's that's the big reason why i got off twitter because it's 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 very reaction twitter twitter is a very reaction based all, all social media as you even mentioned it earlier it's like we draw our eyes to the car crash. We draw our eyes to someone um, blurting out a slur word um, on national television. It's like, oh no, and it's it's just reactional. And mm-hmm. like, I've gotten really or reacting. Sorry, it's it, it it's just people reacting to things. And I've gotten really good at responding to things. That was a big goal of mine in 2021 is to get really really good at responding rather than reacting. Um, and I worked on it in 2020, and I got a lot better. But like 2021 is like a big like. I want to respond to you. Like, for instance, if I have to separate my relationship with my coaching, because if my girlfriend asks me something and I know I know the answer, I'm not like, she doesn't just want the answer. She wants me to listen to her and respond to her, not, Hey, do this. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just like that, like coach it, that's, that's kind of built in me that to, re- to react to her because that's just what I'm, I'm used to. But like, even with my coaching, I'm getting better at responding because dude, you can give someone the best workout program in the world. doesn't mean they're going to do it. You can give mm-hmm. them the best meal plan in the world. doesn't mean they're going to do it. So you have to get someone to realize what you give them is up to them. They are in control. They have to decide that they're. So if you continuously like push this stuff on them and tell them to do this, do this, do this, do this, they're going to be like, I'm out of control. I feel like you're, I'm just, I'm, I'm a monkey or like a puppet and you're the puppet master. Mm-hmm. So that's a big thing of mine, man. Like with, with my coaching, I just, I just really focus on like getting them to the point, like asking them the right questions, getting them to realize like, you're just, you're, you're, you're anxious. Why, why are you anxious? Because you're thinking of this. Can you, can you change that? No. And they're like, shit. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> like mm-hmm. just stay in the present moment, understand your controllables and do what you, what you identify yourself. Yeah. To, what, what, put your identity behind what you, who you want to be, not mm-hmm. what you are right now. I think yeah. that is a big thing. Yeah, I uh, I listen to a handful of fitness podcasts here and there. Most often, I'll listen to Muscle for Life, which is Mike Matthews, and mm-hmm. uh, Mind Pump is another one of my favorite ones. And I think I heard on Mind Pump one time, you know, they'll do a lot of Q and As, and I think one that I that I really remember is someone said, "Well, how do I encourage my wife or my family or something to be more into fitness or to start living a healthier lifestyle?" And this was kind of an eye-opening moment for me because again, how I talked about one of my goals for the year is to be more of a listener and be more curious and stop judging because this is another thing I kind of wanted to bring up in that when you talk about confidence, like I've kind of gone on this journey where I wasn't confident and then I started doing all these things. I started being focused on learning more, on reading, on building my body, on on having all these positive habits and attributes. And then you kind of get to a point where you're almost, you almost become overconfident where you start to think, you know, like if, if someone isn't, you know, a big reader and is not, you know, taking classes and is not working out five times a week, then they're not on my level and I don't need to share a conversation with them. And you just have to remember that everyone has 
thoughts and ambitions and, and, and things to, to say and to share. And that's what I try to remember. But um, they essentially the answer to the question of how do you encourage people in your life to be more fitness centered is they're like, just try to be more outward and showing them how it affects you positively. You don't necessarily have to say anything, but you maybe make it a little bit more evident when you're going to the gym and maybe make uh, a comment or two about how good you feel when you go to the gym or maybe like if it's, if it's a wife or like, you know, your family, like your kids prepare a healthy meal together and do something that makes people happy and brings them together. And so you're not pushing this on people. You're just letting them see the positive impact that it has on you and trying to extend that positive impact outward because no one likes to be preached to. No one likes to be told you have to do this or you should do this. But especially with guys too, like, I think that coaching guys is such a unique experience and such a unique challenge because guys have this again like it's it reminds me of like things I learned from reading sapiens it's like men just have this instinctual need to be dominant and and be a provider and we want to act like we know everything so having a coach that's trying to help you in whatever it is especially fitness is like it's hard because just hiring a coach is admitting that you have room for improvement which we always have room for improvement you know like people like Gary Vee and Tony Robbins they have room for improvement but you have to realize that it takes it takes a lot of courage and bravery to just, you know, admit that you can improve in areas of your life. Dude, continuous education is everything. And like, that's, that, that's what I'm preaching as well. Like, um, I'm, I, I, I want to add at least three more certifications to my, to my name this year. Not, not for like credentials, to be honest, it's not for credentials. It's honestly just for my education. I want to be a jack of all trades. I want to have more knowledge so I can add more value to my services. That's all it is. It's, it's not like saying, oh, look at me, I'm an MD, blah, 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 like eight letters after my name. It's like, no, I, I'm not doing that for status. I'm doing that for myself because if I'm not learning, if I'm not growing, how the fuck can I help people? Mm-hmm. Like, I, like, it's like getting your college degree and saying, hey, look at me, I'm a college graduate. I know all this shit. And it's like, dude, you don't know nothing. Like mm-hmm. I've learned through way more through experience with coaching people for a year and a half than I did through my certification course. Like that was just educated. I was just like reading, but actual experience with people, real life situations, people who have lost a family member who broke a leg, who fucking hell, man, like people, things happen. Life happens. Like, what do you do then? Like, how do you coach people through that? How do you get there? to get back to the gym and get back to focusing on themselves when so much shitty things are happening in the world. COVID fuck. I mean, like it's man, continuous education is huge. And that's what you mm-hmm. just meant. Like meant. I always say this because I love it. If men were, if, if men were less stubborn and women believed in themselves a little bit more, we'd have a much happier society. Mm-hmm. And like you just said, men feel dominant. So they have to feel like it's, they don't want to feel inferior by knowing less than you. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have to like, kind of reach out. They kind of like, yeah, they, they kind of jump at you when you when you call them out on their shit. And it's like, dude, I'm just saying you might not know as much. And mm-hmm. that's that is a big step, man. And, and obviously, I feel like all guys go through that stage. Like, oh, I'm going to figure this shit out myself. I, I like the way I mow my lawn, even though I can pay someone for a lot less money to do it. And I can make more money if I don't mow my, mow my lawn. Mm-hmm. So it, it is like the, that whole mindset of, man, like, what if I could just outsource this? What if I could learn a little bit more about how how macros could help my life what if i could do this how much time would i save trying to figure that out even though i might not even get to that point if i do it myself yeah i think that for me the most important thing as a coach is just asking questions as opposed to making assertions yes you know it's not that hard to 
you know, if you spend a year or two, which sounds like a long time, but in the course of an 80 or 90 year life is nothing in educating yeah. yourself on the specifics of fitness, you are going to know more than 95% of people. And you're going to have the application and the knowledge, but what for me, and as far as like talking with other coaches seems, seems to be the most effective thing is like say on a coaching application, instead of saying, these, these are things I've done in the past. These are my nutritional uh, guidelines. These are my certifications. These are, this is why this is better than this. And you're making all these assertions and trying to sound smart. And, and you might be saying things are hundred percent accurate, hundred percent valid, but what's going to get you 10 times farther is just saying like, one of my favorite questions that's on most coaching applications is like, what have you tried in the past? Why has that worked or not worked? Cause it makes someone reflect. And then it gives you questions that you can answer. And I think that questions you can answer are always going to be way more beneficial than just trying to throw stuff at them and throw stuff at them. Here's why you should eat carbs. Here's why you should do this, this exercise. Here's why you should hydrate first thing in the morning. It's like, maybe their question is on sleep or maybe their specific question is on eating out or maybe they're, you know, cause there's so many things that go into having a fit lifestyle. You have to figure out what it is for them. And I've tried to get better about that on the podcast too. I've, I've admittedly kind of struggled with that because I love how the podcast is kind of like my thing, like my brainchild. And so I love to just talk about what's on my mind and the things that, that interest me, but I've tried to shift more towards, okay, what does the, essentially, I know that my audience is more or less, and, and, and it's not to say that this is everybody, but it's a lot of men around my age in their twenties and thirties. And they want to hear about muscle protein synthesis. And they want to hear about the most effective exercises for building your chest. And like, I think that that stuff is good to hear. And I sometimes just am too sporadic with like all the different things I'm thinking about and aspire to kind of narrow down more on just the pragmatic education that I seek to give people. Yeah, I dude, I, I mean, I feel the same way. That's a, that is big. And it's, it's kind of just rebranding yourself. It's not really rebranding, but it's just letting you people know, like, Hey, if, if you want to learn more about this, don't be afraid to send a, a guy's podcast that you listen to that was purely on that, like muscle protein synthesis, whether it's thyroid and understanding if you, you might have hyper hypothyroid syndrome, like if don't feel like, and that's something that men do. They're like, shit, why can't I do that? Why can't I provide this stuff? It's like, dude, like, don't be afraid to shift that a random guy's podcast to somebody. Like if, if, if they respect you, if they trust your opinion and you send them someone else's stuff, they'll be like, Oh shit. Thanks man. Mm -hmm. and, I, and I think that's like a big thing that I think a lot of guys need to start working on, especially in our realm. It's just, don't be afraid to shift someone else's stuff on someone else. Doesn't mean they're going to like think less of you. doesn't mean they're going to think like, Oh shit. Why, why don't you have that podcast? It's like, dude, I'm year two in my in my coaching business and not even, I'm not even near one of my podcasts. Like this is, that's next level shit. And I'm not that good yet. And I think just admitting yourself or to yourself, like, okay, I'm, not, I'm just not there yet. Mm -hmm. I will be, it doesn't mean you won't be there, but people pick up on that. People pick up on genuine, like pushing other people's stuff on them because it's because a lot of people have this bullshit meter, man. It's like, it's better than ever. It's what are you trying to sell me? Like, why are you talking to me? Why, like, why are you trying to get me to sign up for your coaching? I'm like, dude, I'm not. You asked me a question and I answered it. And then I sent you someone else's stuff. Well, how does that ever be? Like, that's the opposite of trying to get you to sign up for my coaching. Mm -hmm. And that's, what's beautiful about it, man. It's like people will be ready to change when they tell themselves that they need help. <laughs> You're not ever going to just talk someone into your coaching and in, in past experience, you don't want to, you don't want to talk people into your coaching. Mm -hmm. They, you want people to buy, like, it, I, and, and I'm sure you've been on a call where someone's like, all right, dude, I don't care how much it costs. Like, let's go. 
mm-hmm. like, fuck yeah, dude. All right, let's go. Or you have to like, like really ask questions, really get this guy to like really just commit to himself. And you're like, dude, in the long run, is it worth it with, mm-hmm. for, for that client? Because they're not ready. So if they're not ready, you, how are you going to help them? And, and, and I think detaching that from yourself, like de- detaching your, your morality from being the best of having to be the best of having to know everything that detachment from your, your own morality in everything in life, but just with us, like coaching, creating content, creating podcasts, detach from it and watch what happens. Like mm-hmm. you have no idea what, how much better you're going to feel by yourself. And just, absolutely, it, it all comes down to just putting better energy out. It's are you, uh, are you good with going to like 10 after? Okay. So I think another thing that that makes me think of is like talking about Gary V. I I remember one time him saying about how, and this just kind of, to me speaks on like, you might have things that you're focused on and not have time to, cause like the thing that I've talked about with coaching before and conversations I've had, it's like, I don't know anything that any guy with a reasonable level of intelligence could, couldn't go and learn taking a year or two to really devote to it. But if you're very career oriented, you know, if, if you have this, a girlfriend and a family, or, you know, you have hobbies and you have a nine to five or an eight to seven, you know, you're working a bunch of overtime, you don't have time for that. And you want to outsource it to somebody. And so Gary V said one time, he's like, I will fucking never be the guy who fixes my own car. And like, he's like, I'll pay somebody however much I have to for that. And like, I feel that same way. Like, I don't take it as a point of pride that I have no fucking idea how to fix my car. I'll go take it to the shop. And luckily, you know, that's the, that's the best thing about just the the fact that we live in a free market economy and you can capitalize on skills that other people have that you don't have. And you can try to get better at your skill, which for you and I is communicating about fitness and health and applying that to people and you get better at your thing. And then hopefully you can find the best people to outsource things that you are not very good at. Dude, well said. Gary Vee also talks about just how information is free. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm a big, like, I'm not, I'm not getting credentials for status. It's like, I feel like a lot of people shoot for like getting their doctorate and all that stuff mm-hmm. for status to say I'm a doctor. Like I, you listen to me cause I have this on my name. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude, I know people who don't have a doctorate and don't even have college education and know just as much as you. So it's like, mm-hmm. you're like, wait, wait, what do you mean? <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter what, what is what is in front or behind your name. It's, it's about what you actually put in. Information is free. You can literally get a full college education on YouTube. You can learn so much by just going on TikTok. <laughs> like, this True. is information is everywhere. So, like, that's why if someone asks me a question and I don't have the answer for them, or I maybe something of mine that I've made isn't going to be better than someone else, someone made, I'm going to send them their thing mm-hmm. because it's like, dude, it, information's free. Like, podcasts are free. There's so much you can learn from just, but you got to take time to do it. You have to actually listen to it. You actually have to comprehend what's going on. And that's, that's, what's huge about it, man. I, and dude, you touched on a well, just like mowing your yard. You could pay a kid $8 Mm -hmm. an hour to mow your yard, or you could, in, in the time you spent to mow your yard, you could sign two clients. Mm -hmm. Think about that. Like it's, it's all about the dollar per hour rule. And if, if, if something costs less than opportunity, right? Yeah. It's, 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 if, 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 if it's like saying something like cleaning your house costs less per hour than it would that you pay yourself and why would you do it? So it's like pay someone else to do it so you can make more money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember in one of the first ever like econ classes I took in college, they were like, it was, it was funny. Cause they basically gave that example. They're like, why does Tom Brady not mow his own lawn? Cause he can make 
X hundred thousand dollars a minute throwing a football. And so he doesn't need to do, he can outsource that. I think that that opportunity cost is, is very important, especially for business owners, just knowing that you could do the little minute shit in your business and you could do it well, but maybe out, even if, even if you can do it a lot better than you can hire someone to do it, you have to think about that opportunity cost and okay, well, maybe I can do this well, but maybe I can do this really, really well. And I needed to spend more time on this and should outsource this other thing, even if it's at 80% of the capacity that I could do it otherwise. It's just, it's all about, I mean, decisions always have nuance like that. Um, like I think when you, and another thing that, that popped to mind for me is I've, I've told people a lot of times too, that I think I've learned more post-college than I have in college almost because I've, 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 I've taken on such a focus on learning and growing and just continuous improvement, continuous learning. And I think that some of the things that I do to learn more are not really, it's not like, I'm not big on, you know, like I'm not really focused on trying to get certifications or anything like that right now, but I will pay money for taking a writing class at a community college or taking an improv class and stuff like that. Because for me, I think that once you know a certain amount, it becomes all about how you can communicate it. So that's something that I think is important too. Like maybe the skill that you're after is not necessarily the skill that you need to improve. So like someone, you know, say is like, like, an engineer, an accountant, I don't know, maybe those are like a little bit too specific, but say you have like a typical nine to five job, maybe instead of getting another certification or learning more about your trade, maybe you just need to take a networking class or get a relationship coach or get a communication coach to figure out how to better assert yourself into situations and make more connections because it's just, it's not all about knowing, it's about connecting with people and it's about your everything, everything requires interpersonal skills to, to a different extent. Absolutely, dude. Dude, you hit the nail on the head. And that's it's it's not about credentials. It's about communication and are you actually able to help somebody? Mm-hmm. Can you actually dive into their mentality? Can you dive into what's going on in their head? Can you actually get a change mentally and physically with somebody? Just having a, a certification is not going to do that. And like that's why I'm not like I don't I don't really train people in person because it's not really worth my time. Mm-hmm. I I would much rather produce content for my clients. I would much rather get on a, a call with a client. Like I would much rather help people like that because if I'm just helping you in the gym, yes, that's, that, that is helping you, but I don't know what you, what your habits are like. I don't know how, what you eat a day. Like I have to know all this stuff. And I, I and I feel like the best answer on anything was like, if you, if, if someone asks you a random question, like get, get like, Hey, do you have any advice on this or this? Any coach is always going to say it depends. Like, yeah, exactly. It depends on so much. And people are just like, oh, well, I weigh this. I'm on this height. I'm this old. I'm like, I don't know you. I don't know what mm-hmm. your relationships are like. I don't know what you're, how, what you tell yourself in the mirror. Like there's so much variables that go into coaching and helping somebody that a credential does not teach you. Mm-hmm. And that comes with experience. That actually comes with getting your hands dirty with people and asking the hard questions mm-hmm. and pushing them to open up to you. Because if, like I tell everybody this, man, if, if, if you're not willing to open up with me, like on the initial call, I don't want to work with you because you're just going to be stubborn and you're going to, you're going to question everything I give you. And that's not who I want to work with. Yeah. And I'm sure you've, you probably had that happen or like you probably feel the same way. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't want to have to force you to do something. It's, mm-hmm. It should be pretty easy. You just need the guidance and you, and you need someone to, you need the accountability and that support group that your clients all get with 
community is everything, man. And you already mm-hmm. touched on this, like the, what's the, is it the five chimps? Yeah. So Naval calls it the five chimps theory. So they've done okay. studies where you can gauge one chimps behavior in, uh, in, iso- I mean, not in isolation, but like in a, in a captive environment, you can gauge one chimps behavior by tracking the five other chimps that he spends the most time around. So if he spends time around aggressive chimps or docile chimps, or, you know, whatever. And that's the same Curious thing with people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's a quote by Jim Rohn, which is, I think the first place you heard it, which is, I think it's basically just, you're the average of the five people you spend time around. It's some iteration of that, but it's, 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 it's so true. It really is. Yeah, man. And like, just think about this. You wonder why you drink so much in college because everybody else is fucking drinking mm-hmm. your roommates. You wonder why you smoke weed. Well, do your roommates smoke weed? Do you smell it all day? Like, is it acts? Is it is it a path of least resistance to just go smoke some weed or go go drink beer in your fridge? Mm-hmm. It's easy. So it's like I love that man. It's like, do you do who do you hang out with, and why do you hang out with them? Mm-hmm. I think this is the same reason that we say. I disagree with the fact that obesity runs in families genetically because I think what is more likely is that your family, your parents, and their parents have not taught or been taught or passed down how to eat in a healthy way. And so, yeah, you say obesity runs in my family. Well, it's like, no, poor patterns of eating run in your family. I mean, yes, there definitely is some genetic disposition to being, you know, a certain type of, of body structure, but being obese is not something that just is in your genetics. It's in your habits and it's in your day-to-day lifestyle. Yeah. And dude, people in, dude, I a hundred percent agree with that. It's, it's, saying it's like falling victim to it you're like oh well my mm-hmm. parents are fat so that's why i'm fat I'm like, mm-hmm. motherfucker no you're fat because you eat mcdonald's three days a week and mm-hmm. you don't actually understand how much how shitty your habits are dude so um in, in one of my most recent podcasts um uh addison was talking about um uh, health and habits and like health does not equal fitness health does not equal what you eat health is not all that stuff health is your habits and behaviors behind them Mm-hmm. that is yeah. literally all health is so so many people say like hey what's the most best fat burning food i'm like god i hate that question mm-hmm. <laughs> no such thing um <laughs> but it's like what's the best exercise to burn fat i'm like ah <laughs> stop asking me these questions <laughs> yeah but but it's not their fault it's just dude honestly first through 12th grade they did a horrible job at this because it's the mm-hmm. system and I and I'm the older I get, the 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 more I believe that the government wants us to be in nine to fives. They don't want us to branch out. If you're sick and unhappy, guess what? Money. Yeah, and something. Oh, I mean, I have so many like. I don't know. It's like you could call it a conspiracy theory, but it's not a conspiracy when you break it down and you look at it objectively, just the way things are. But like I, one of my biggest pet peeves is I'm I'm really interested in personal finance because I think that it is so similar to fitness in that. There's a lot of X's and O's to personal finance, but what it comes down to is your behavior and your psychology and the way you think and look about things. Two things are the same in fitness and personal finance. You could think about what's the best food for this? What's the best exercise for this? Or you could work out four days a week as opposed to three. And with personal finance, you could look at what's the best investment tool? What's the best this? What's the best that? Who should I, who should I read about to get personal finance advice? What stock should I invest in? Or you can invest $200 instead of $150 every, every month of the year. And, and one is going to have a disproportionate amount of impact. And something that frustrates me a lot is, you know, just the fact that it's so commonplace these days to be in debt. And I think the, what we started the podcast talking about how physical fitness impacts other areas of your life. I think that if you, you look at your body and you can almost kind of be 
in debt in a way like with your body. So if you let yourself get fat and out of shape, but you say, oh, I'm waiting until school calms down. I'm waiting until my job calms down. Well, it's the same thing people say about debt. Oh, I'm in debt right now, but I'm waiting until I get the promotion. I'm waiting until, you know, I, I can do this expense for my wife or my kid. And it's like, you have to realize that your mind, again, that narrative, we kind of talked about narratives earlier, how we are always telling stories about ourselves. Your mind is going to try to give you the easy way out. So that's why you have to be disciplined with yourself and try to be objective. And I talk about meditation on the podcast a lot too. That's the thing that helps me out with, with the most is like, it's impossible to be a hundred percent objective about your life, but the more objective you can be about is the action I'm doing, getting the results I want, then the better off you're going to be, I think. Dude, Big time, dude. Meditation, I used to think was the stupidest thing in the world. Like, dude, who, why are you, why are you cross? I always thought it was the crossing your legs, humming, mm-hmm. like, and growing up, because th- that's what everybody else thought. No mm-hmm. one meditated around where I, like, my environment had no idea what meditation was. So, but well, one thing I have started to do more is understand meditation is more than just that. It's, mm-hmm. it's being with yourself. It's, it's saying, what am I thinking? But, and in one way, like, I, I would consider doing handstands meditation for me because. When I'm doing a handstand, I'm not thinking about what happened yesterday. I'm not thinking about what's what, what's going on. I'm thinking about holding that fucking handstand, and that means I'm present. When I'm on the golf course, I try to stay as present as possible by whenever I walk, because that allows me to say, "Man, like I'm just enjoying myself. The sun's shining. Like the tree, it smells amazing outside. I'm, I get to go walk, move my body, play a sport I love. That's meditation. So I think meditation is just anytime you're really in the present. And one thing that that's really helped me is counting, counting my breaths. And Mm -hmm. something I'll do is like, if if I take my phone on a walk with me, um, I'll be like, all right, I can't look at my phone until I count 50 to a hundred breaths, like something like that. I'll set 50, 75, hundred, depending on the day. And like, so I count inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale until I get to 50 to 75. And I do And I feel so much better once I do that because I'm just so present. I'm only focusing on my breath. And then I get on, and then I get on my phone to to check my messages or something like that. And I'm like, man, I'm much more clear minded. Like I can I can respond to this. I don't feel foggy headed. Like I don't know, man. It's it's definitely something that I'm looking more into, and I'm definitely looking to hire a meditation coach in 2021. Mm-hmm. Like second half, I got a lot going on right now. I know I just said that, like contradicting everything that we just talked about, but um, it is something that that is in my horizon. Which if you had told me that two years ago, I'd have been like. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna hire a meditation coach, but it's cool, man, just to see what can happen in a year of focus, a year of focusing on the right things, and just not yeah. getting distracted by the bullshit in this world. Yeah, I think I think I'll end it with this quote. I, I it's a quote I go back to a lot, and it's been attributed to both Bill Gates and Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. but they say some iteration of this where people, and I've heard it in two ways: either a month and a year or a year versus 10 years, but essentially you overestimate what you can do in a year, but you underestimate what you can do in 10 years, or it's, it's the same thing with any, with any time frame. you overestimate what you can do in a month and you underestimate what you can do in a year. So I think that's just why you should, a lot of the things we've talked about just remind me of one of my mantras, which is just try to fall in love with the process. When you love the workout you're doing, when you love the work you're doing, when you love the self-improvement things that you're doing for yourself, it doesn't feel like labor. And it's just, again, it's, you identify with it. You, that's, that's who you are. And yep. so if you can just focus on getting a little bit better each day, that's the biggest takeaway from atomic habit, just get a little bit better and a little bit better. And I love how he talks about if you just improve 1% every day for a year, you'll be 37 times better Yep. when the year yeah, ends. It's crazy, man. Like, and, and if you get 
and if you're not consistent and it's like 0.99, you actually get 7% worse or something like mm-hmm. that. Like you get worse at the end of the year. So, yeah. And, yeah, man, dude. You're either growing or stagnating or you're not, you're not growing or stagnating. You're either growing or atrophying. I pre- dude, I preach that, man. That's, that's why my motto is move more, live more. I love that saying it's, it's just the idea that dude, just keep moving, like just keep going, enjoy the process. You're going to live better. And like, and I really do believe the day you stop moving your, your body is you stop you moving your mind. You start pushing yourself is the day you start dying. That's when our body just stops, stops feeling like it's okay to live and you get sick. You get all this crazy crap, mental illness. It's like, because you're not moving your body enough. You're not actually and when I say body, I mean, your, your brain as well. You're not learning. You're not growing. Humans thrive on growth. And that's, that's what I preach, man. And dude, thank you again for having me on. This is Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I think that this will be, you know, we're going to do the, the uh, duo posting. So hopefully we'll, (laughs) we'll reach a few new people on both sides of the aisle. Heck yeah, man. Um, But yeah, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you again. Um, And yeah. Thank you. Well, yeah. And then I'll link all of our social media website, any of that stuff in the show notes. And uh, we will, I'm sure we'll have to do it again sometime. It's fun. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. If you would, please take a minute out of your day to review and rate the podcast as well as subscribe. It would really help me out a lot. And if you're on Instagram, go ahead and follow me on there at jakeparker.fit and screenshot and tag me when you're listening to the show. I'll be sure to share it. And thank you personally on there.